The San Francisco 49ers front office speaks about their draft hall. John Lynch, some interesting comments about kicker Jake Moody and Adam Peters on why Jair Brown was the guy to move up for in the third round of the NFL draft. All that more come up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, on this Winky Wednesday, let's bring on today's guest, Mr. Nicholas Winkler. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, what do you think? Warriors down 3-1. Can they can they make this one happen like they did? the last series and uh, and maybe win a road game here uh, against the Lakers like they did against the Kings. Oh yeah. They've shown all year. They're a fantastic road team. I don't see why not. Right. It's going to be easy. <laughs> Dubs in seven, baby. <laughs> so this might be the end of the road. Might be the, uh, the end of the <laughs> dynasty there. Thanks to a, a guy by the name of Lonnie that I didn't know existed. One quick note here about basketball. And this is what's strange. So, you know, a lot of fans coming at you, Croc, Warriors fans, of course, that like the 49ers. There's a lot of Lakers fans that like the 49ers as well. Um, and, and that's a strange pairing, right? 49ers and Lakers. To me, it feels somewhat strange. But one thing I learned today, Croc, about you that's even stranger than that is that you are a USC football fan, but a UCLA basketball fan? <laughs> what the hell is that? Like, my guy's confused over here. Okay, okay, look. When it comes to college sports, I don't like I didn't go to those schools, right? Like if I maybe grew up in that area and I went to USC, then UCLA would 100% be like, there's no way, right? But as I grew up, I mean, it was like, man, I, 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 I grew up watching with the Bannon twins and and uh, Toby Bailey, and I really liked him on the basketball court. And then in football, it was just like, you know, it was kind of like whatever. I, I, I mean, I like. A lot of different teams, Miami uh, and Ed Reed and Antro Roll and those guys. But also, you know, how could you not like Reggie Bush and, you know, all of them? So for for basketball, for football, I really just more of a Pac-12 fan. I kind of hitch my wagon to USC when they were bad, when they were bad, by the way. But um, I kind of just root for Pac-12, to be honest. Because, and this is why, when you go to school in the South and you hear how much they disrespect West Coast football. It made me like, oh, we're gonna show you. And I just any just any of these guys just be good. Oregon, uh, USC, UCLA, like just somebody be good in football. Any of y'all. So it's really more of that, to be honest. All right. So it's not Croc being a front runner. It's Croc representing the West Coast. Representing the West Coast. Now, when my pro go. teams, that's diehard. Giants, 49ers, uh, Lakers. I mean, I've been those have been my team since I could. I could remember, but with the college, it's kind of like whatever. I mean, I root for you, cool. You know, I root. I don't. I don't sit there and watch UCLA basketball. You know, like they they make it to the tournament. Okay, I'll watch it, cool. But I mean, I always have been a UCLA basketball fan, but I I don't watch any of their games until the tournament. Football is different. I I I'll watch USC, but I, I really do root for all, everybody in the Pac-12. Hey, Wink, uh, where would you rank Sam Darnold in the history of San Francisco 49ers football throwers? Greatest of all time, clearly. Really? Number one? 
I, well, I mean, dude, yeah. first of all, I mean, this whole conversation that, you know, this is we're calling back Matt Mayoko from last week when he said uh, on the radio waves that uh, that maybe Sam Darnold is the best thrower of the football that the 49ers have had. And look, and that's disrespectful to a couple of Hall of Famers, but really disrespectful to Jim Druckenmiller. I can't believe nobody's bringing him up. Because if you want to talk about just arm and throwing the yeah. ball, he's had the best arm the 49ers probably have ever had. And uh, and nobody brings him up. You know why? Because he was a bad quarterback. So um, and, 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 and Mayoko wasn't saying anything about how good of a quarterback Sam Darnold is. So he got, I think, some unnecessary heat for that. But right. at the same time, like I don't think Darnold's a better thrower than Trey Lance, even. So like that's even you know let's let's not stretch it too far. I get Sam Darnold was drafted third overall, but so was Trey Lance. And Sam Darnold's grandfather was the Marlboro Man, and he's got broad shoulders. He's a little athletic, and he came from USC. It's like, dude, he's not that talented that he should be getting so many chances with so much bad tape. But he's a he is a talented guy. But it's like, let's not go too far. I think it just seems like a really weird natural throwing part. That's why. Yeah, it's people they keep nitpicking at Trey's mechanics, and with Sam Darnold, you're not going to nitpick at his mechanics. So on top of the the ability to make certain throws and the off-platform, the on-the-move, like all those things, and have more zip. And when you just, if you were just to watch highlights of his throws, you would see, like, high-level throws. You know, tight window, down the field, drive throws, you know, down the field, you'd see all those on-the-move, you know, 60-yard touchdown run that he had one time. I mean, you'd see all those things to where it's like, okay, talented, really good arm. But Trey is a better just the throws that he can make at more of an elite high level, he can do it. It's just, you know, the, I guess the consistency with both of those has been off. Right. And when it comes to the guy like Darnold too, yeah, he may have a great arm, right? He may be able to put great spin on the ball, put it where he wants to in practice or, you know, when it, when it didn't fully matter, when he's been in the throws, you, you haven't seen it, right? He, he's seeing ghosts out there. It's like I, I coached little league. And so I'm out there with some of these kids, right? And they're warming up and I'm like, dang, that kid's got a great arm. Like we're doing practice. He's throwing it to first every time. Like he's the only kid that can do it. And then the game happens, balls hit to him. And he, you know, he throws it like, you know, way over the dude's head into the stands. And it's like, it can, these guys do it when it really matters. And, you know, we're talking about a guy like Sam Darnold. He has never proven that he can. He's had a couple of good games here and there, but his overall tape in the pros, it doesn't look like he's very good thrower of the football. When the 49ers, somebody in the 49ers front office, Ian Rappaport, didn't say who, but he said he got pushback from someone in the building uh, when he was talking about Sam Darnold potentially being the starter if Brock Purdy's not ready. Basically, like, you know, the the pushback was, why are you not giving Trey Lance any credit for what he could be, right? Uh, Do you think that there's, there's too much riding off of Trey Lance right now, Wink, from people who just haven't seen him enough? Because it's really the... What happens with prospects? And it's really unfair to a lot of guys. It's, it's kind of unfair to Sam Darnold because I don't, I, I don't want to sound like I'm crushing him all the time on the podcast. He's he's got some bad tape and he hasn't been a good player. But it's more like why are you giving this guy so many chances and giving him credit just because you've seen him play poorly, right? Um, and it's like w- when a prospect is drafted in the first round, within the next two years, he's either worth everything and you couldn't possibly trade for him, or he's worth nothing. And we just saw the a former number three pick cornerback. Uh, get traded for a fifth round pick, right? From just a, a couple of years ago. So um, it's it's like, and it's one of the things that happens with fan bases. Now, I don't want to create this atmosphere of like, you have to te- choose because we've gone through this with Jimmy Garoppolo and it's like, 
I don't want to see a team Purdy versus team Trey Lance versus team. If people want Jimmy back team. Jimmy's probably not going to die versus team Sam Darnold. Right. It's just like, dude, these guys are, they are what they are. Let's, let's watch it and let it play out because it's weird that people are just so ready and almost like want to write somebody off. They're like, Oh good. I can write this guy off now, even though they were buying his Jersey two years ago. I think it's, it's one of those situations where it's a long off season. Right. And, and they, you don't want to drop clickbait out there as often as you can, but that is a, a thing, right? Where where somebody's like, "Oh, I got it, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sam Darnold is gonna be the, is gonna beat out Trey Lance. Watch how many clicks I get. Watch out how you know sports radio just explodes over something like this, and it did. It, it really turned into like, "Wow, really? This man?" And people are writing off Trey Lance because he hasn't been able to stay on the field, and it's unfortunate. We want to see Trey Lance on the field. I want to see what Trey Lance can bring to this 49ers organization, what he can do in this Kyle Shanahan offense, when he can stay healthy. I'd love to see it. But maybe it's also a, a, a thing where you're building up your guys, right? You're saying, yeah, he could beat out Trey Lance. He could be the starter because, let's be honest, he could. He could come into camp, do everything right, and win the starting job. Guys do it in the NFL. It doesn't happen a lot. But it's not like Trey Lance has you know, all this behind him where it's like, look at all this stuff I've accomplished in the NFL. He doesn't. We want it to happen. As a 49er fan, I definitely want to see it happen. But if Sam Darnold beats him out and he's the starting quarterback week one for the 49ers, I'm going to be rooting for Sam Darnold because he's wearing, you know, the, the, the golden scarlet. I mean, even let's look at like Zach Wilson in that situation with going to get Aaron Rodgers. They might talk about it like, oh, you, you, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. Of course, you go and get him if you have an opportunity, right? And I'd probably love for the 49ers to do it. But Zach Wilson has a lot more tape out there than Trey Lance and a lot of bad tape. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even get just the complete writing off like Trey, who hasn't been able to finish back-to-back games. So if you just say, well, he can't even finish back-to-back games and that's why he's a bust, then I get it. But mm-hmm. based on the small sample size and the complete writing off of him to the point where Sam Donald's going to beat him out, I think that's a little, I hate to say unfair, but it's a little weird to me. And I, 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 I believe people, they strongly believe that. I don't even think that's a clickbait take by them. I think that's what really? they believe based on the, the information in their head that they've gathered uh, with this situation. They truly believe Sam Donald is just a better quarterback than Trey Lance. Mm. I think a lot of it is that the organization hasn't done a good job of propping him up and publicly, you know, saying really good things about him and and having his back. So that's on the organization too, uh, partly. And so, you know, everyone, whether it's reporters or fans, they're going to take the lead of the organization. We're like, okay, if your official stance on Trey Lance is, oh yeah, well maybe we'll listen to some offers. That's not what you want to hear about a guy you just drafted number three overall that is your franchise quarterback, you know. And so um, I, I think you could point to the organization in that regard. Uh, speaking of the organization, they have spoken about their most recent draft class. Some comments on Moody, some comments on Jair Brown from John Lynch and Adam Peters coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up with uh, what everyone else needs from you and not really take the moments you need throughout your day, throughout your week to take care of what you need from yourself. If you've ever uh, had 
trouble spending time on yourself because of your busy life, because of work, because of you, your family, you're taking care of everything all the time and you're never, never able to help yourself and spend so much time on other people and, and balance that out, have trouble balancing that out or don't even try to balance it at all because it's a hundred percent for everybody else and never for you. When you spend all that time giving and, and not helping yourself, you can really feel stretched thin and burned out. And that's where therapy can help give you the tools to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you've ever thought about giving therapy a try, try better help. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Sometimes it can take a couple therapists to really, you know, hit you know, hit it off and, and really feel like that is the therapist that you want to speak to every week and check in with every week and make sure you're hitting the points you need to in your life. Find more balance in your life with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. I'm going to start okay, with guys, before we move on. Hold on real quick. I, I just saw something really great. We're talking about the draft, right? We're talking about Trey Lance and, and, you know, not giving up on him too soon. Great tweet from Matt Burrows just recently. I don't know if you guys saw it. And I'm sure you guys have heard this stat before. Maybe you haven't. I hadn't heard it. Ten quarterbacks that were drafted in the draft this year are older than Trey Lance. Yeah. He just turned I – think, I think he turned 23 today. Today. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just turned 20. I remember after the draft, he wasn't even 21. He couldn't even drink and celebrate draft night when he got drafted. He had to wait a, a week or two after the draft before he turned 21. Um, and 20 is really young to be drafted. And I just saw next year's top 10 prospects for the NFL draft, and he's younger than a handful of those guys too. That's wild. I, I have a question on, on him. I know we're, we're moving on to this new draft class, but I saw a tweet, and I kind of heard this – comparison thrown out there a little bit before but the way this guy worded it and and, and it just saw it today I thought it was very relevant to 49ers and Trey Lance situation and y'all let me know if you see any parallels here but uh, Rashad Phillips Rashad Phillips on Twitter says the drafting of James Wiseman set Golden State Warriors back three to four years his development was too slow for what the Golden State Warriors were banking on so they were forced to bail on their kids their thin interior has caused a ton of stress for their perimeter players to mask over a glaring hole. The hybrid post position is the new age post player in which the Lakers have an AD. Uh, Wiseman will be a terrific player, but his timeline wasn't aligned with the Golden State's deadline. Position roster construction is key. So essentially what he's saying is, hey, this is a guy that has a lot of talent, but the development of Wiseman didn't fit the championship uh, hopes for the Warriors. And I, I read that. And I'm like, that sounds a lot like the 49 situation with Trey Lance, where, you know, year one, it was hard to play him because it's like, man, we got one winning season in four years. We got a terrific roster. We got to win. Then Brock Purdy comes in after the injury and is like, uh, you know, oh, man, eight games. Okay, cool. You got, because we got to win. And then the, the development of Trey Lance keeps getting pushed off more and more because of where the 49ers are. Do y'all think that has anything to do with it? Do you see any parallels there? Yeah, absolutely. That's well said, Croc. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right on par, right? I mean, that's but but the only difference I think would be Weissman. Weissman did have an injury as well too in there, so that, yeah, yeah, I, that, I could definitely that slows the development and doesn't give you time to 
figure out the player for the player to figure out where he fits in with the team and you're trying to win and now there's an unknown and there's no time for unknowns after a year or two as well so there's a ton of parallels and there have been for a while with james wiseman and the warriors and, and trey lance with the 49ers absolutely because of how young they were how little they played wiseman played like three college basketball games and he got suspended for some weird like recruiting violation or whatever it was. I can't remember what it was. Um, so he, there's a ton of um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, their their careers are so similar. It's it's eerie. And they were drafted high and they're so talented. And we'll find out. We still don't know about either player and they're still talented and they're still young. So we'll find out what they end up becoming. So the evaluations might have been right originally, but the plan was bad or the team didn't realize how hard it was going to be to follow the plan when they made that draft pick. And so, um, and I still have hopes for both players and I think they're both good young dudes. And, and, uh, and so we'll see, and, and it looks pretty good with the Pistons, right. For Wiseman once he got traded, cause he got the time to play and he was just playing and that's all Trey Lance needs is just to play. And he might not even get that, that get that this year with the 49ers. It might just be bad luck too, right? I mean, both guys getting hurt. You 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 kind of take a huge step back when you get hurt. You're not there to take those steps forward or for the organization to see what you can do if you're not around. They have best abilities availability, and both those guys miss a lot of time. And and unlike you know uh, football, you know basketball, even if that happens, you know there's other guys that can kind of fill that role. And I guess for the Warriors, it's some of the younger guys like a Jordan Clarkson who different roles, but just a young player uh, contributing. And then you look at, you know, the 49ers and, you know, okay, you got Brock Purdy. Now, with, with Jordan Poole, that's it, Clarkson? But Jordan Poole, they, the fans have switched. I think we've seen this with the 49ers as well. The fans will – you're like dead to them. Jordan Poole is dead to Warrior fans right now because he's, not, he's having a bad series or bad playoffs. Yeah. Oh, they, they, it's, it happens so fast. Oh, it happens so fast where it's, we're seeing it with Javon Kinlaw as well. Right. Everyone's like super excited about Kinlaw kill. Everyone loved Kinlaw last off season, right? He came in in great shape. Uh, he had that one really good rep against the Vikings in the preseason game. I think it was, everyone's like, Oh, here's the year. Javon Kinlaw knew it. He's going to be amazing. And then he gets hurt again. And it's not really a big factor. And everyone's like, Oh, what a bust of a pick. Terrible pick. I, I hate Kinlaw. Like it's, it's crazy. It's like you, you got to, um, you got to chill. First of all, fans, it's not all or nothing. There's gray area with all this. There's gray area with Trey Lance. There's gray area with all these draft picks. And we're seeing that as well, Croc, with the drafts and some of our draft evaluations and people pushing back. And they're like, man, uh, Croc, you're too negative about some of your draft evaluations. And we're like, have you seen draft hit rates? Go back and look two years. We Matt Williamson and I on the Peacock and Williamson, make sure you're subscribed up, by the way. Uh, we just looked back at the 2021 draft class in the first round, and we we're projecting what those fifth-year options might look like. And this, the 2020 draft class where teams just decided on all the fifth year options, Niners had two picks. They picked up the fifth year option for Brandon Ayuk. They declined the fifth year option on Javon Kinlaw, both easy decisions out of 32 first round picks, only 12 first, only 12 fifth year options were picked up. That's in the first round. So you want to talk about hit rates. Like you go beyond the first round and it's even worse than a coin flip. So um, there's so much gray area and some players are valuable role players but man it's very unlikely that every team just drafts seven hall of famers every year that's just the, that's the way it is but you you've got to and this is why i do this and this is why i like being an analyst in, in croc i feel like you're the same way and, and wired a similar way when we're doing our, our evaluations and breakdowns it's like we love the gray area we live in the gray area we're telling you the reality of what's happening you don't just go 
great player, terrible player. Next guy, great, nope, terrible, <laughs> no. Like the everybody's in the gray area. We got to live life there because that's where we exist. And find what's the path for them to be out of that gray area, or just a little, a little further on one direction of the gray, like a little bit well, this way, a little bit this way. Ronnie Bill, I'm not as high on Ronnie Bill as other people, right? Where I'm not high as all, but we still kind of outlined the path to where he could be on the 53 man roster and could have some level of success and what that might look like. And it just might be a different path. It might be more of a special teams path uh, for him specifically, you know? So there's that aspect of it as well. No doubt. Uh, I want to get next to the, uh, the GM and the assistant GM, John Lynch, Adam Peters talking about Jake Moody, Jair Brown and the rest of the 49ers draft class uh especially the moody stuff which is not only a kicker in the third round but how they're treating their third round kicker and i think we talked a little bit about the organization failing trey lance in some ways they might already be doing that with their third round kicker next thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen every day shout out to all the everydayers tomorrow's episode croc and i getting back into the nfl draft breaking down all of the 49ers draft prospects and the undrafted players that were uh excited to see in camp for those 2023 San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Let's start with John Lynch. He said about Jake Moody. He was on with uh, a KNBR talking about the 49ers draft class. And uh, I'm just listening to, even from the phone call, the first interaction with the 49ers and Jake Moody after they drafted him, Kyle Shanahan's on the phone. He's like, well, we, we took a kicker. We didn't really want to, but, and I, so you better be good kind of thing. It was like, what? Okay. That was a weird phone call for a first conversation with the guy, letting him know you're going to draft him. Right. And then, um, and then John Lynch was on the air at KMBR and his quote was, I'm pulling up his quote right now. He said, quote about Jake Moody. I think, you know, that if you're taking a kicker that high, believe me, we weren't doing cartwheels over it. I think we'll be doing cartwheels if he's the guy we think he is. I mean, talk about putting more pressure He's already going to have huge pressure from the fan base because you're drafted that high. Anytime a kicker is drafted high and fans are already disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed seeing a third round kicker. You really want to do that? Look at the hit rate of kickers uh, being drafted in the NFL. And most kickers that are good are usually in their thirties. And he might've been the best kicker in the draft, but you know, the best kicker in the drafts past haven't worked out either. But beyond that, just hearing how they're talking to him, talking about him publicly is like, geez, give this guy a confidence boost because that's the number one thing you need to kick in the NFL is that confidence to go up there and make the kick. And, and it seems like they're putting unnecessary amounts of, of pressure on the guy. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, we drafted you because we think you're the best, but uh, you know, if you don't turn out to be uh, Tucker from Baltimore, yeah. <laughs> uh, you better be the best kicker ever from day one. Uh, I've never heard someone draft a guy and immediately go on the air and be like, yeah, well, we weren't super excited about making that. Pick, we pretty much had to. I mean, that's well, we talk about them being a little too, too uh, honest sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. the way they word things, we talked about the you know support for Trey Lance. Yeah. Right. It's just like, ah, you know, and I understand that, right. You're, you're kind of whatever. Hey, we got Brock Purdy. So whatever happens with Trey, we're fine, but still kind of instilling the level of confidence in the guy you put a lot of uh, capital in. And same with the kicker, like for a third round, like that's a lot of capital. For, for a kicker, even though you have three third-round picks at that time. But uh, you draft them, and then everything that you're saying in the way it's coming off is just like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And you talked about the confidence. I've heard it be compared to, like, a golf swing. Y'all play golf. I don't. But I hear sometimes with your golf swing, you can just kind of 
uh, almost like a shooter, it. where the shooter just kind of he kind has to find his shot. Now he was mm-hmm. like that with a kicker as well, but a lot of it's me- mental, and with, uh, you know, same with like the golf swing. So I don't know yeah. if there's any parallels y'all see to that, but oh. if you can get in, it, can you get in your head mentally with a swing? And do you think that's similar to a kicker? Because if it, you can be well, when the kicker is, it only takes a couple misses for people to start looking at you funny. Oh, no doubt. When you're golfing, there's like something you, you think you're hitting it good on the driving range, you get out on the course, and all of a sudden you just can't stop doing can't something with your swing and you cannot find it. And you and it's, it's you're in your own head and, and everything starts to collapse. And that's not with a stadium of people watching you with it on the line. I can't imagine like going to uh you know, kicking a field goal for a game winner and, and what that feels like. And you know, and you need the snap and the hold and everything else on top of it. Or you know, trying to make a golf shot in some of these like little like stadium looking holes where it's a par three and there's everyone in like watching you make this golf shot. Like I, I have a hard time as it is because I don't want to kill someone who's on a different hole on the course. I can't imagine what it's like with people lined up. I, I see these people lined up giving these guys and these are pros, but they're hitting the crap out of the ball. I can't believe how close some of them sit around someone teeing off because it doesn't take much to be to that ball to go errant and, and go right into your dome with a guy like moody i mean he he's tested right i know it's at the college level but i mean the big house can't be an easy place to kick right or you know anywhere there in in the big 10 and, he, and he's got a coach he's coming jim harbaugh was his coach right i mean that there's a guy that, that if, if anybody's going to get in somebody's dome or at least build that confidence up it could be jim harbaugh right we saw him as the 49er coach but it's wild guys it, it, on on the internet right on, you see just all this like oh my god jake Woody. and i'm sure a lot of it has to do like you guys have said with the fact that they use a third round pick on a kicker but when i talk to people you know in real life because i'm always sporting my niner gear out in public so I, anybody that has it on them was like go niners and then we talk and i the last couple of weeks is just been like hey what do you think about the draft people are excited about Jake Moody, at least the I've talked to at least a dozen people that have been like, "Yeah, Jake Moody, hey, he, he never missed an extra point in college. He's the future." This and that. It's like, okay, all right. So the people are believing it, right? So at least you know, in, in real life, they are. So that that's important too. I think the fan base needs to be behind you. There, it is the real world, and I tell my kids all the time, you know, people, it, it's once you get once you're 18 and you're out the house, you know, they're not gonna coddle you out there. I think right. the 49ers are a perfect example of that. Like, no matter yes. who you are, you know, you could be Brandon Ayuk. And, I mean, for them to come out and say, well, if we had other healthy receivers, we wouldn't have played Brandon Ayuk as a rookie. And I'm like, damn, I thought he had a good rookie year. But <laughs> Kyle and John, they are not going to call you. I think John does a better job of being a little bit more politically correct, even though he, yeah. he'll speak his mind and, and say what's going on. But I think he says it in a better way than, than Kyle is just straight super blunt and upfront. And it's one thing, you know, if you're talking to me and you're upfront, he says it to millions of people. And I wonder how tough sometimes that is on the players because I, I haven't, I haven't heard a coach consistently be as upfront as Kyle is on the status of his players and like his expectations for them. Usually that's something more like in-house. And you, you'll have a coach say, oh, you know, hey, he knows he has to play better, et cetera. You know, you have that. But he's just like, I don't know. He very, very, very upfront and very honest about it. Croc, we compared Jair Brown, Tig Brown to uh, Talano Hufanga a lot in our our 
draft evaluations and, and watching his film and Adam Peters, 49ers assistant GM did the same talking about uh, how there were a lot of similarities with the evaluations of uh, Jair Brown and Talano Hufanga just a couple of years ago. And uh, one of them was the, the speed thing. And it was interesting because Adam Peters said, quote, I wasn't really upset that he ran a four, six, basically because that, that made it possible for them to draft him in the third round because otherwise he would have gone higher in the second round or whatever. They, they said they thought it was a second-round guy that fell to the third round. Um, and uh, he was he was talking with Daniel Bullock's 49ers DB coach, and they said basically a 4-6 can become a 4-4 when you have instincts and know what's going on and you anticipate and you have a high football IQ. And that's what Jair is. So yeah, he ran a four six at the combine, but our research and development department says his play speed was actually elite among the safeties in this year's draft. He was in the 92nd percentile in speed and acceleration on a down in and down out basis. And so we know the 49ers lean on the GPS stuff. So that's interesting that he came out with a 92nd percentile speed rating, even though he was four, six, five at the combine and, and croc looking at the tape, we'd seen some times when he wasn't necessarily the the fastest on tape, but just like what, what they're saying here, down in, down out, they're not talking about top speed necessarily. They're just talking about how quickly he's moving on an every down. Because some some guys that run 4-3, they never even run 4-3 during a game because they never have that opportunity to do so. Yeah, one of my buddies, uh, we were just talking the other day, and he talked about how with a slow receiver, you know, when you run a 4-7, he's like, well, you can be a slow receiver because, well, the DB has to run – a four seven. If you're running a four seven, it's not like he can run a four three and just you know, outrun you, and then you do a stop route or something like that. That's a good I'll, point. I'll, if he's running four three and you run four seven, then that means he's not covering it. But <laughs> I, I will say this on the speed thing, especially as it pertains to prospects. I always look for the like what ifs, so you can find like what's consistent. But if we're talking about how you are kind of stacking prospects up against other guys. You never know when you might need that. And we saw some plays where he needed to be a little faster and he just didn't have it. And I look at it a lot like a quarterback. You don't need a big arm 90% of the time, right? Like you can play the quarterback position without having a Josh Allen arm. But, uh, you know, several times a game, there will be certain throws where you you probably could have utilized having that big arm. Nice to have it. And you probably because you don't have it, don't attempt that throw, right? I think there's a lot of that that goes on, and we'll never know, right? But he might see some, ah, that's not my That's not my thing. I don't have that club, right? Yeah. So they can, they can talk about the speed and down in, down out, and we saw that dude flies around. But there are going to be some times where you'll see something happen, and it won't be a lot, but it might be that one time where he needed to be fast, and he's not fast. Coming downhill and other things, like, yeah, I mean, terrific. He plays balls of the wall all the time. And I we I mean, that was something that we really liked about his game. Brock, you said uh, that Josh Allen arm. I think you meant that Sam Darnold arm. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Or Good. Sam Darnold arm. You don't – and where I remember seeing this and where it popped in my head, I was watching Dak Prescott. Average arm, right? Not bad, not great, anything like that. But he tried to make this drive throw, and he just couldn't make it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, you don't need a big arm until you need a big arm. And he right. needed a big arm on that on that throw, and he just didn't have it. And that same thing with speed. You don't need, you know, you don't need to run a four four as a cornerback 
until you need to run a 4-4. You don't need to be fast as a safety until you do. And that's why a lot of the faster safeties, uh, they can do a little bit more. And then you can have a guy like uh, Kyle Hamilton, who was drafted to Baltimore. He ran a 4-5-9 at the combine. And then a 4-7-1 at his pro day was still drafted in the top 15. And he had a good rookie year. But watch how they utilize him. They're not going to ask him to do the same things as Derwin James right. and Minka Fitzpatrick. Or Jimmy Ward. Sorry, one more note on Jake Moody before we go here, guys. Uh, this one from Adam Peters, the story about what potentially got him drafted. First of all, remember the whole thing about the 49ers outbidding the Rams to get Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline? Well, maybe we can thank the Rams for the Jake Moody pick, too, because um, the uh, uh, Adam Peters referenced the Rams. He said, quote, I don't believe the Rams had a kicker, a punter, or a long snapper on their roster before the draft, so... The 49ers knew they were bidding with some other teams. The Patriots, one of those six or seven teams that didn't have a kicker or that could potentially have drafted a kicker um, in the in the 2023 NFL draft. But the thing that might have sealed it for the 49ers was when Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator, worked out Jake Moody at the facility. They did this, um, you know, last second field goal thing where the 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 kicker, the holder, and the long snapper run out on the field and they have to make a a 55-yard game-winning field goal, right? They have to just run out, snap it, and kick it really quickly. And apparently they didn't really have a real long snapper, so it was just some random tight end that was snapping it to a, a punter they were working out who was being the holder. Um, and then Jake Moody was making the kick. And uh, the the snap was bad, and the laces were in the wrong place, but Moody nailed it, 55-yarder, booted it like it was nothing, and that might have been what sealed it. So do you think that was... Uh, do you think that was... Uh, it, do you think that was telling of what kind of kicker Jake Moody is going to be? Do you like do you like that uh, that last second kick tryout workout? Yeah, fight through adversity. I love it. I love it. Laces out. Laces were in. He still nailed nailed it. Now can an undrafted guy nail it? Can Ray Finkel nail it? That's true. Is he better than replacement? We'll find out. We'll find out if he's still around in a couple years. If he's around in ten years, like uh, like John Lynch said. Niners will be doing cartwheels if he's or like Wisnowski. Wisnowski's going to be around when it's all said and done. How yeah. many years is he going to play for the 49ers? And you know it's what's crazy about prospect, but... what's crazy about Wisnowski is he was an older prospect, he was 30 by the time he signed his second yeah. contract. Yeah. But for a kicker or a punter, that's not that big of a deal because you can play well into your 30s. Like Wisnowski's three years older, four years older almost than Christian McCaffrey, and he was drafted two three years after him, I think. Wow. Uh, pretty wild. All right. More on the San Francisco 49ers draft class, of course, coming up daily right here on Locked On 49ers with Croc and I. And, of course, the Winky Wednesdays will continue as well. Wink, thanks so much for jumping on with us once again. My pleasure, guys. Dubs in seven. Dubs in seven. Coming back on those on those, on those, those Lakers. Got to keep Lonnie Walker off the court. Croc and I Sweet. back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.